Welcome to the worship podcast of Grace Episcopal Church, Newton, Massachusetts, for Sunday, December 20th, 2020. I'm Regina Walton, pastor and rector of Grace Church. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are welcome to join us online or at our outdoor altar at Grace. What a blessing to welcome an old friend back to Grace. Our preacher today is the Reverend Margaret Bullitt Jonas, who served as assistant rector at Grace with Jim McAlpin in the 90s. She now makes her home in Northampton, where she serves as the Missioner for Creation Care in the Diocese of Western Massachusetts. Margaret will join us at Grace Discussion Group today as well. This is Advent 4, the last Sunday of Advent, and Christmas is just around the corner. We will have a Christmas Eve podcast available for you with the Christmas readings, prayers, and sermon and music from our choir. We will also be attempting two outdoor Christmas Eve services at 3 and 5 o'clock, limited to 50 people each, with communion and special music, as well as all of our now familiar COVID safety regulations. You can sign up for that at gracenewton.org. Some of you may be wondering, will there be Silent Night with Candles at these services? The answer is yes. Silent Night will not be silent, but quieter, as only our section leaders can sing it. And the candles may need to be electric due to wind, but we are planning on having that treasured tradition take place this year as well. As we head down the home stretch of Advent, I invite you to join us on Zoom tomorrow evening, Monday the 21st at 7.30, for Solstice Vespers a special service of evening prayer. This winter solstice is the longest night of what feels like the longest year ever. During this service, we'll take some time to pause, to pray together, to hear some poetry and beautiful cello music. We will lift up all of our losses to God, the loss of those we love but see no longer, and also the many other losses that have piled up during this difficult time of global pandemic. And then we will look forward in hope, trusting in the goodness of God as we make our way into the season of Christmas and a new year. Have a candle with you that you can light. I hope you'll join us on the winter solstice, Monday at 7.30.
Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And blessed be God's kingdom, now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord. Amen. Oh, 
Lord be with you. Let us pray. Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The first lesson is a reading from the book of the prophet Samuel, chapter 7, verses 1 through 11, and verse 16. When the king was settled in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies around him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, See now, I am living in a house of cedar, but the ark of God stays in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that you have in mind, for the Lord is with you. But that same night, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Are you the one to build me a house to live in? I have not lived in a house since the day I brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day. But I have been moving about in a tent and a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about among all the people of Israel, did I ever speak a word with any of the tribal leaders of Israel, whom I commanded to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? Now, therefore, thus you shall say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be prince over my people Israel, and I have been with you wherever you went, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and I will make for you a great name, like the name of the great ones of the earth. And I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, so that they may live in their own place, and be disturbed no more. And evildoers shall afflict them no more, as formerly from the time that I appointed judges over my people Israel. And I will give you rest from all your enemies. Moreover, the Lord declares to you that the Lord will make you a house. Your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. Your throne shall be established forever. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. Righteousness and justice, O God, are the foundations of your throne. Your love, O Lord, forever will I sing. From age to age my mouth will proclaim your faithfulness. For I am persuaded that your love is established forever. You have set your faithfulness firmly in the heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn an oath to David, my servant. I will establish your line forever and preserve your throne for all generations. You spoke once in a vision and said to your faithful people, 
I have set the crown upon a warrior and have exalted one chosen out of the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil have I anointed him. My hand will hold him fast, and my arm will make him strong. No enemy shall deceive him, nor any wicked man bring him down. I will crush his foes before him, and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and love shall be with him, and he shall be victorious through my name. I shall make his dominion extend from the great sea to the river. He will say to me, You are my father, my God and the rock of my salvation. Righteousness and justice, O God, are the foundations of your throne. A reading from Paul's letter to the Romans. Now to God, who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages but is now disclosed, and through the prophetic writings is made known to all the Gentiles, according to the command of the eternal God, to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Amen. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God.
The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke, chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. Glory to you, Lord Christ. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Friends, I, I want to tell an Advent story that took place 15 years ago. You'll remember in 2005, two massive hurricanes, which were strengthened by the unusually warm waters of the Gulf, slammed into Louisiana and Mississippi. Millions of Americans were forced from their homes, and within hours, most of one city lay in ruins. Soon after Katrina, some members of the wonderful church I served, which was Grace Church in Amherst, began organizing a service trip to Mississippi. I was planning to go, but then I received an invitation to join a delegation of interfaith religious leaders at the upcoming United Nations Climate Change Conference in Montreal. The trips overlapped and I could not take both. I decided to head to Montreal since I wanted to urge world leaders to address global warming before it was too late. So for several days in Advent, I met with representatives of the World Council of Churches. I listened to speeches, I wrote editorials, and I marched with 7,000 people through the city streets. 
It was the most vigorous celebration of Advent I had ever experienced, for the signs and banners sounded the urgent themes of this season. Now is the time to wake from sleep. Now is the time to clean up our act, to sort out our lives, to cast away the works of darkness, and to put on the armor of light. That exuberant march was one of the gifts I received that Advent. A glimpse of the growing worldwide movement that draws upon humanity's deepest reserves of hope. The other gift came as a surprise when I was alone in my hotel. By then, I was steeped in the stark reality of climate change. I had studied the aerial photographs of Mount Kilimanjaro without snow, listened to climate reports from the Arctic to Argentina. I heard survivors of Katrina describe the vulnerability of the poor. And as for my own government, it seemed unable to take the issue seriously. After a restless night, I woke up gasping with sorrow and anger, needing badly to pray. I pulled a chair to the window and I let my anguish spill out before God. Grief for what is irreparably lost, rage at the inertia that kills with such abandon. I felt helpless. Dear Lord, what can I do? What can anyone do? And then I heard something. I put my trust in you. Startled, I opened my eyes and I looked around. Who said that? I often say those words to God, but now the message seemed addressed to me. Its meaning was, fear not, keep going, I am with you. How bizarre, was there some mistake? I saw that I had a choice to accept or reject that assurance to believe it or blow it off. What I heard came as a complete surprise, just as God's message to Mary was surely a surprise. You will conceive by the Holy Spirit and your son will be the savior of the world. Absurd. Yet God's hope for the future hung on Mary's willingness to consent. And maybe it hangs on our willingness too. Who knows how many messages God delivers daily to the countless faithful of every religion and of none. Trust the good wherever you find it. Trust the truth. Trust love. Trust yourself. Let my life be born in you. Who knows what power will be released in us when we dare to believe 
those unseen encounters that offer a word of love. Here on the fourth Sunday of Advent, we know that climate change is intensifying, causing wetter and stronger and more destructive storms. We know that we endured a historic hurricane season in the Atlantic this year with an unprecedented number of named storms and with Hurricane Eta and Hurricane Iota crashing one after another into Nicaragua and Honduras. We know that record concentrations of greenhouse gases are filling the atmosphere and that 2020 is on track to be the hottest year on record. We know that we also face a host of other challenges too, including protecting our democracy and establishing racial and economic justice and solving the pandemic. But we know this too. There is a love that wants to be born within us and among us, a love that knows no bounds. Right now, right here in the midst of our lives exactly as they are, Christ longs to be born again, perhaps at a deeper level than ever before. Christ yearns to make a home in you in me, in all of us. And the birth of that divine love is what will give us the strength and courage to meet whatever comes with creativity and clarity and kindness. Still, when, when love draws near, we may feel an urge to hold back. We may hesitate and wonder, you know, what will happen if I give myself fully to that love? What will I do? Who will I become? We may say to ourselves, you know, really, I, I do want God to come into my life, but let's not get carried away. I'm kind of used to being who I am. There's something to be said for staying in control. It's risky to let go. I'm, I'm not sure, let me get back to you. Can you feel that, that pull between attraction and fear, between trust and hesitation? Like every love song, the love song between God and the soul is about longing and resistance, about desire and holding back. If we could put words to it, the conversation might go something like this, and I'm gonna share a poem by a Franciscan religious named Margaret Halaska. The poem is called Covenant. The father knocks at my door seeking a home for his son. Rent is cheap, I say. I don't want to rent, I want to buy, says God. I'm not sure I want to sell, but you might come in to look around. I think I will, says God. I might let you have a room or two. 
I like it, says God. I'll take the two. You might decide to give me more someday. I can wait, says God. I'd like to give you more, but it's a bit difficult. I need some space for me. I know, says God, but I'll wait. I like what I see. Hmm, maybe I can let you have another room. I really don't need that much. Thanks, says God. I'll take it. I like what I see. I'd like to give you the whole house, but I'm not sure. Think on it, says God. I wouldn't put you out. Your house would be mine, and my son would live in it. You'd have more space than you'd ever had before. I don't understand at all. I know, says God, but I can't tell you about that. You'll have to discover it for yourself. That can only happen if you let him have the whole house. A bit risky, I say. Yes, says God, but try me. I'm not sure. I'll let you know. I can wait, says God. I like what I see. No, we'll notice that God does not force or compel because that is not the language of love. God simply waits and longs and asks to draw close. And when we dare say yes, Christ is born again in our lives. 2,000 years ago, God entered human history and became one of us, one with us. God came then and God comes now because God longs to join us on our journey, in our daily life and relationships, in our pain and worry and hope. In these turbulent times when so much hangs in the balance, will we consent to God's birth within us? Like Mary, will we say, here am I, the servant of the Lord, let it be with me according to your word. I invite you to join me, to close your eyes for a moment and to join me in praying to the Holy Spirit. Come. Come into my life just as it is and help me find my way to you. Help me step through my fear, my anxiety, my worry, my need to be in control. Help me find you in my ordinary, everyday living. I trust you more than I trust myself. And I thank you 
for your trust in me. Amen. Let us affirm our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Prayers of the People Let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. Watchful at all times, let us pray for strength to stand with confidence before our Maker and Redeemer, that God's kingdom may come with justice and mercy. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy that God's scepter of righteousness may be established among the nations. We pray for our elected leaders in this time of pandemic, economic uncertainty, and partisan division. May they demonstrate a commitment to truth, the common good, and public health. We pray for the global community in these challenging days, especially refugees and asylum seekers, the poor and indigenous peoples. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That we may seek Christ in the scriptures and recognize him in the breaking of the bread. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That God may bind up the brokenhearted, restore the sick, and raise up all who have fallen especially those on our parish prayer list, those recovering from COVID-19, and those we name silently or aloud. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. That the light of God's coming may dawn on all who live in darkness and the shadow of death. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy, that with all the saints in light we may shine forth as lights for the world. Lord, keep us from harming others through risky or thoughtless choices. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that as we await the birth of Christ within our hearts, all our loved ones celebrating birthdays may be blessed especially Mary Sweezy, Jose, Stephen, Andy, Bradford, Hillary, JJ, and David. In our parish cycle of Thanksgiving, we pray for our parish historian, Don Kennedy, who helps us envision our future 
by recounting the deeds and doings of our ancestors in faith here at Grace. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We pray that those who have died might have a place in God's heavenly kingdom, especially those who we name now. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. We commend ourselves and all for whom we pray to the mercy and protection of our Heavenly Father. Holy God, you have called us to be a source of spiritual restoration and strength. Make us conduits of divine love, following the example of Jesus. Help us to companion the vulnerable, heal division, and confront and dismantle inequality. Give us your grace, now and always. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Thank you to everyone who contributed to our worship podcast for today. We thank the Grace Church Choir, featuring section leaders Kristen Buaben, Diane Drost, Stephen M., and John Yanis, joined today by Linda Hosfeld. We also thank our music director and organist, Chris Hosfeld. Thank you to our lectors, Emily Woodward and Chris Hosfeld, and our lay reader, Carol McNally. 
You can find out more about Grace Church on our website, gracenewton.org. We hope you join us again next week.